Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Generation GC. My name is Molly Huddleston. I am your host, and today we have a bonus episode for you. That's right, a bonus episode on Not Another Teen Movie. And my guest today is a very good friend of mine, Jackie Metsenka. A few days ago, we talked about Like It's Her Birthday from Cardiology. This is a bonus episode where we break things up with something about Good Charlotte that's not a studio album track. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Youth Authority. Jackie is a movie junkie with an emo soft spot. She saw over 40 movies in theaters last year. During the day, she works as an environmental and safety engineer for a chemical manufacturer, and some of her favorite artists include Youngblood, All Time Low, and Valencia. As a heads up, we do give some spoilers for the movie. So if you haven't seen Not Another Teen Movie yet, you can... Go watch it. It's on YouTube to rent for a few dollars. Uh, that's what Jackie and I both did. It's like, I think it's like $4 or something to rent it. Um, you can also just find certain scenes, like the scenes that Good Charlotte is in. Just, you know, search them uh, for free to watch them. But also as a heads up, the movie is rated R. There is nudity. Uh, it's definitely very crude in terms of the language. And there is also some problematic language in the movie related to race. Uh, and that is something we do talk about on the episode. Nothing to do with Good Charlotte or their role in the movie, but just a heads up, because I, I know it can be upsetting to see. It's not acceptable. But just a heads up that this movie is definitely not suitable for younger audiences. And a few things I just wanted to mention before heading into the episode. First, I'm a Jew. If you've been listening to the show since the beginning, you've heard me mention my Bat mitzvah, but if you're new here, yes, I am a Jew. Uh, Anti-Semitism has never gone away, but it's become, I think, a little more visible in recent times, sadly. There's been a few very public incidents, as well as on a smaller level. I'll, I'll go on TikTok and I'll see Jews posting TikToks about being Jewish, and then just immediately getting bombarded with hateful comments, which is absolutely not okay please visit antisemitism.card.co to learn more and sign some petitions. I'll link that in the show notes. Second, the United States Postal Service is in danger. I know that uh, not everyone that listens to this show is in the United States. About 30% of you are outside the U.S., but hopefully this still resonates with you. The United States Postal Service employs over half a million people and is the number one employer of veterans. That's something I learned very recently, actually. And it is in danger because Donald Trump has rejected a bill that would save it from running out of money in September. That's very close, y'all. Very, very close. We need to show those that wish to dismantle and privatize the USPS that we are against letting one of our prized institutions fail. I've been posting about this a bit on Twitter about just how crucial the USPS is for mail-in voting. There are some states like Oregon that relies entirely on mail-in voting and I I would just hazard to guess that in general, due to coronavirus, a lot of people are probably going to choose to mail in their ballots so they can avoid being in public places. The USPS is also crucial for small businesses and independent artists and creators to get their products out there because it's a lot less expensive than using UPS or FedEx. So I'm going to post a petition on change.org in the show notes for the USPS as well. And as a reminder, please visit blacklivesmatters.card.co for info on how you can help in the Black Lives Matter movement. 
There's info there on protests, where to donate. If you can't donate money, there are videos to watch and playlists to stream where they'll donate revenue, and info on how to educate yourself and more petitions to sign. Lastly, Generation GC stickers are here. Do you want a sticker? Two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. That helps me sustain the show and have the right equipment, as well as do things like print stickers and get them mailed to you guys. I mean, I just talked about the USPS and how important that is. I I think I would have to totally restructure things if the USPS were to go away. I It would be a lot more expensive to send stickers to everyone. Number two, you can donate to a charitable organization. I know I've mentioned a few petitions on change.org, but don't donate to change.org. Um, donate to like the cause itself. So you can go to blacklivesmatters.card.co, make a donation to anything listed there. And then you are going to send me a screenshot of your support or donation, as well as your mailing address. You can DM me on Twitter or Instagram at generationgcpod, P-O-D, or email generationgcpod at gmail.com, and I will mail you stickers. I will also occasionally tweet or post on the Instagram story about other ways you all can get stickers, whether that's good deeds you can do or ways to help spread the word about the show, so make sure you're following. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 22 of Generation GC, not another teen movie with Jackie Matsanka. And now on to our episode. All right, so I guess let's start off just with the summary of the movie from YouTube, which, by the way, YouTube calls the main character Zach. His name is Jake. Anyway. Handsome John Hughes High Jock Jake bets his friends that he can turn nerdy Janie into the most popular girl in class and win prom queen. With the help of Jake's sister, Catherine, Janie ditches her ponytail and glasses and turns beautiful. Jake falls in love with her. If you've seen Scary Movie, any of those, this is a similar kind of thing. It's a parody of teen movies. Um, One thing I'll note before we go into it, it's very crude. There's definitely a bunch of nudity. So, you know, heads up. Um, Obvious reference in just the name of the high school that it is called John Hughes High. John Hughes is the filmmaker behind a lot of classic films that are parodied here, such as Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. So that's, you know, they're, they're not leaving any opportunity for parody unturned. The movie was directed by Joel Gallen. And, you know, since this is a Good Charlotte podcast, you're probably wondering, where do they come into play? Good Charlotte plays the prom band. And that was a big thing in movies around that time that you would have pop punk bands it, having cameos in movies, usually at the prom. Um, on the soundtrack, of the movie, the only song that you'll find by Good Charlotte is their cover of If You Leave by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. But they do play a few other songs in the movie. Put Your Head on My Shoulder by Paul Anka. Uh, I Want Candy by The Strange Loves. And there's also, and we, we can dive into this a little more, but there's also a cover of Footloose. I, I couldn't place where this was in the movie, but it's from this movie I'm pretty sure, <laughs> like, all sources point to the Footloose cover being from this movie. I just can't place it. But Like, bef- in the movie? Like... Yes. So, 
I don't know. So I, I found a whole website. So I had known this Good Charlotte Footloose cover for oh many, many years. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's from Not Another Teen Movie. And per, I mean, per soundtrackinfo.com, Footloose is in the movie. It's just not on the soundtrack CD. I mean, it exists. Good Charlotte covered Footloose. Uh, I thought maybe it was a deleted scene. I mean, maybe it is, and it's just a deleted scene that I didn't find on YouTube. Yeah, director's cut kind yeah, of scene. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. But before we dive more into that, Jackie, I want to help our fans get to know you a little bit. All right, hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Jackie, when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what did you first think of them? That's like the first question I, I always like to ask people. So, I like distinctly remember being in like seventh grade when I first got into Good Charlotte. So, I okay. guess that's like I typical like, age. Yeah. Like, I want, and I want to say that's like 2003, 2004, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. I think. I remember, like, I have, like, a distinct memory of wearing this, like, good Charlotte shirt that has, like, a picture of them when they had, like, more crazy hair and, like, yep, were yep. very, like, kind of, like, almost, like, borderline goth, I guess. Yep. So, like, right. I had that, like, picture shirt, and I definitely remember, like, the chronicles of life and death like that's when i was like really a good charlotte fan like i got the death version and i was just like oh you got the death version because the death version i think it went by like which store you got it from but the death version was a little harder to find yeah i don't i don't remember it being hard to find i and i can't remember what store i got it at it was probably yeah, like target or something that, i think it was target that that had the death version but i had uh, I want to say I got it from Sam Goody. I don't mm. remember. Um, but that's like when I got into them. But then I also have a very distinct memory of like going to social studies class and like one of the kids making fun of me because like Good Charlotte was like a poser band. Oh, I have and a I, lot of memories like that. I have a like, lot of memories like that. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, I'm very like influenced. I'm like – like all the ad companies love me because like when I'm scrolling Instagram, I'm like, oh, that does look good. And I'll buy yeah. buy stuff like that. I'm I'm easily influenced. <laughs> You're so, like the ideal consumer. Yeah, I'm the ideal consumer. <laughs> ideal capitalist. Yeah. So <laughs> um so like when the kids would say like, oh, they're a poser, I'm like, well, I don't want to be a poser, even though like right. I definitely like everybody's like posing in middle school like you you're acting right, a right. certain way no one's a real punk when they're 12 and no live in a middle class suburb yeah like i live in like a white suburb like <laughs> yes. i don't know like i'm not anyway so so i stopped listening to them but like then i transitioned to like fall out boy green day that kind of thing like i remember See, American i also Idiot got a lot of out. green day are posers and that green day sold out so did you not get that with green day no because i remember in eighth grade like the coolest girls all went to like a like a green day concert okay and there was like also a fallout boy like i i want to say it was like fall boy and hawthorne heights or something there was that yeah. concert and all the Oof. really cool girls went to it and so <laughs> i didn't go to my first concert till ninth grade so in eighth grade i was like super jealous of them and that was like the beginning of like my emo stage like that was very 
baby emo for me. Baby emo. I like that. Now, would you say that emo was like a stage or do you still feel emo to this day? So like uh, when I was like writing the intro for this or whatever, I almost put in that I was a retired emo kid. Oh, you're not retired. I'm not retired, but like, I don't, I don't think I really like project it anymore. Like there's like people I follow on TikTok that have like dyed hair, all the piercings or whatever. And like, I don't like project emo because now I'm like, I'm exactly like who Good Charlotte didn't want to be, I think, (laughs) like the anthem. Um... So like now I have like a corporate job and I like I can't dye my hair a crazy color and like I like I can't even wear jewelry at work like I can only wear That's my crazy. wedding band. So although I guess it's like is it like safety? Well, it's it's like for food. Like if you work in like oh. a food manufacturing plant, like you're not supposed to have like jewelry okay. on you, even though yeah. you're not like on the yeah. Line. So like as long okay. as I'm not like yeah. It's just like I could have my wedding band and that's pretty much it. Hmm. So talk to me, Jackie. Like how has I, – I assume you're listening. I mean, you are listening to new stuff. But can you – for the listeners, can you talk a little bit about like how your tastes have changed and how you've come to the sort of stuff you listen to lately? So like my taste, like when I was in like high school, college, I was very like it has to be like pop punk, like – all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now I've kind of grown from that. I'm definitely listening to way more pop. Like I like love Dua Lipa and like oh, all of that Dua kind Lipa. of stuff. Um, and like I was I was really into Cardi B when her Invasion of Privacy album came out. So like that okay. was like me like mingling into rap. I never like, I was got one into the, her. Like I was one of those people that always was like like country plus rap is crap but now yeah. like I'm yeah. more into like the rap kind of music. Like I'll listen to it a little bit but I'm definitely – like I feel, I feel dumb listening to it because I'm way too white. Um, but then, like I've also kind of transitioned back to like my emo music. Like listening to Youngblood is just brings me back to like high school. I, I've got to have him on the show. He would be because I feel like he is an artist that is such a. Uh, like flagship I want to say he's like a flagship artist for the scene does that make sense like for for kids that don't necessarily come from you know or maybe maybe they come from you know uh, underprivileged backgrounds or or maybe they're kids who, who come from you know pretty normal or privileged backgrounds but they've gone through a lot whether that's bullying or they just feel like outsiders or they've gone through a lot with men- mental health I feel like young blood is is very much like a figurehead yeah I feel like he's like the next generation my chemical romance because like yeah. he like my chemical romance did a lot of the makeup kind of stuff and he definitely mm-hmm. does that and I, I just think it's like the like the, the next generation of that kind of music yeah and we had tickets to see Young Blood, but then it got canceled. Yeah, very sad. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure he'll tour again eventually. I know, but like, who knows when that will happen? But yeah, what was the last concert that you actually went to before lockdown? So I'm pretty sure the last concert I went to was Motion City Soundtracks, like reunion tour. Okay, right in like um, January. Yeah. Um, I love Motion City Soundtrack. They're 
again, like one of like my number, one of my number one bands, like they're like my relationship band. Does that make sense? Like me and my like husband, like that's who we like bonded over. So. I, I so regret not going to that tour. I mean, it was like 50 bucks or something for the ticket, like with all the fees, but it was like right there. Like Starland is so close. I could have gone and then I didn't. And like, who knows? Like if I will ever get the chance to see them again. Yeah, I don't know if they'll ever tour again because yeah. they're, like, older. Yeah. I also, like, they did that Wonder Years tour in 2015. I saw them three times. And then their final tour in 2016, I saw them twice. So, like, I'm not deprived. I'm Yeah, fun. like, <laughs> I just went to the Philly dates of those because, like, yeah, I'm not, yeah. like, a, I'm not really, like, a traveler for shows. Like, I get yeah. my Philly date. And if there's no Philly date, I don't Yeah. Go. I mean, I don't know. Like, for me, I went to the first date, the tour they did with the Wonder Years, was started in new york and i like i went mostly because of the wonder years and i remember being really excited because soupy like reposted one of my photos from that show and just like I remember that i was yeah. so happy for you then because it was such a <laughs> oh good my photo my photo i have it on my wall my my but like my phone blew up that night but like also that night i like kind of fell in love with motion city soundtrack so i was like okay wait like shit they're gonna come to new jersey and to philly fuck i'm going to both of those gotta get photo passes um jackie so one thing that you and i have in common that we often do a lot together is we go to the movies yes. and that's why i want to have you on for this uh, episode of the podcast you know i want to have you on and the last I think I know that this was the last one I saw before lockdown really went into place was we saw Onward in March together. Yeah, that was, I think, the last movie I saw in theaters. Yeah. Or no, I saw one other. Um, I saw I Still Believe a week later, but like lockdowns had semi put into place, but like not fully. And clearly the theater was still open, but like people just like weren't going already by then. Um, But Jackie, what's the best movie or like your favorite movie i feel like best is such like an unfavorite i feel like best is a bizarre word because that asks you to make a judgment but what's your favorite movie you saw in theaters in the past year so i would have to say rocket man was my favorite um i was never like an elton john fan or anything yeah me neither but then like i went into the movie and i was just like obsessed i was like if i was growing up when his albums were coming out i would have loved that yeah like i would have been all over that and like afterwards i like downloaded like a playlist and was like listening to his music um but then the the actor oh, what's his name i can't remember um uh, but the act- taron egerton or something yeah, yeah yeah like he i thought he was so good and i w- was like so disappointed he didn't get nominated for the best actor award for the oscars like he won for the golden globes yeah so like i was just so upset like i feel like they didn't get the recognition they deserved yeah that movie was great though and i also went in not really being an elton john fan but just being like so taken and so enjoying it before we dive into not another teen movie let's give some shout outs to some uh teen movies in general that we like before we before I say ones that I like though, I just want to say that this morning I finished watching the Fuck It List and it was terrible. Don't watch that movie. 
don't watch that movie. It's bad. It's about a guy that has a lot of privilege. It's very tone deaf. It's not funny. It, it doesn't make any points. Don't watch it. Good thing I've never heard of it. So. Yeah, it's on. It uh, recently came to Netflix, so it was like promoted to me. Okay, and I can see why Netflix promoted to me because I I am a big fan of <laughs> that type of movie usually, but it was bad. It don't don't waste your time. Um, we saw Jackie. We saw like a little over a year ago. We saw the sun is also a star, which was phenomenal. It there's not a whole lot of movies like this, like the type of movies that this parodies anymore. Mm-hmm. Or, or even the last few years. But The Sun is Also a Star was good. We also saw that, I can't remember now because I'm, I'm getting it confused in my head, but five or six feet apart. Oh that, my like, God. Yeah, with Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Yes. And that, that was another like good, like just like straight up teen movie. Yeah. That was really good. That was sad. I've also been watching Riverdale. So like thinking about Cole Sprouse all the time. Yeah. He's definitely a celeb crush. Yes. <laughs> oh my I could go on about my slut crushes um in terms of like the classics that this movie kind of parodies Breakfast Club I love I love Breakfast Club I don't think there's really any Grease references in this movie I don't know I loved Grease and I feel like that's also relevant to mention what well, about is, is the girl who has like Tourette's or whatever is she supposed to be like her name's like Sandy or something oh yeah she's Sandy Sue I guess that's a, a Grease I don't know reference, kind of I don't know I love Grease I mean Grease is kind of problematic and terrible but yeah I loved it growing up. <laughs> so let's talk about not another teen movie Jackie before we even dive into it like first thoughts when you watched it like immediate like give me like one sentence dated yeah it it it's so dated yeah but like it's it's a good like trash movie but there's like things in it and i know we're gonna get to this but like there's things that like definitely made me uncomfortable and i was like Mm -hmm. oh no yeah it so like it it doesn't really play into tropes so much as directly parodying a lot of other movies. And I will note that if you haven't seen the movies that it's ripping off, I don't think you would get any enjoyment out of it. I think you would just be like, this is stupid. But if you've seen a bunch of these movies, then you might be like, okay, I can see what they're doing. Well, so I guess like She's All That is like the main one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that one, but there's so many other things that it references. I haven't references. seen that either, but like, I, I will say though, that like the, the trope of, you know, someone betting their friends to ask another person out and the trope of a makeover, th- those are, are, I think, pretty common tropes. I mean. And they, they were kind of like in movies, like growing up, like the yes, Princess Diaries. Yes, 10 Things I Hid About You had the bet. Like, yeah, Princess Diaries had the makeover. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go through some of these parodies. Um, I mean, She's All That is the biggest one, I guess. You know, the idea of the jock betting his friends that he can turn this nerdy outsider into the prom queen. Jackie, you mentioned, I think you mentioned Cruel Intentions. Yeah, so that, like, I'm pretty sure the, so Cruel Intentions, I have not seen that movie, but I weirdly saw this play that, like, in, like just put like songs in it and like okay. told the story through songs that were like popular songs. So it's like, I have this like 
I think I have a weird understanding of cruel intentions, but the whole trope of like how Jake or Catherine is like, oh, like if I win, I get to sleep with you. That is like yeah. from Cruel Intentions, and I'm pretty sure okay. like the stepsister. So like in Cruel oh, Intentions, the sister plot is so weird. Yeah, that that I I'm, that's Cruel Intentions because like the step okay. like and in Cruel Intentions they're like stepsisters, but in this movie they're like blood yeah. relatives. So 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 let's let let's explain that a little bit for people. Um, Jake's sister like actual sister keeps trying to like hook up with him and it's so weird and inappropriate yeah and i think catherine she's like the there's a there's a scene in the movie where catherine like kisses this old woman and i think that's kind of a play on something else that happened in cruel intentions um where the like old woman the old woman i'll tell you what that is that is a reference to never been kissed with, oh. I think that was Drew Barrymore, which, like, Drew Barrymore in the movie plays, like, you know, an early 20s character who goes back to high school and she, Josie Grossie, she's never been kissed. And, you know, she's, she's like, early 20s or whatever. It doesn't really pass for a high schooler. But they, they picked, like, a much older person to, I guess, like, sort of highlight that in this. Yeah. I don't know. Um. 10 Things I Hate About You. I mean, they also had, 10 Things I Hate About You had the the bet. There's a scene where Ricky, who's like Janie's friend that's totally in love with her. He, I think it's like Ricky reads 10 things he likes about her or something. Am I remembering that? Is that like a poem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does like that poem in front of class yeah. and everybody just like groans about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the very end, which I thought that was funny, by the way, <laughs> I thought that was very funny. And, and then at the very end, Jake sings a song. So Janie and her art class are out on the football field painting pictures. And Jake sings a song for her, which is very reminiscent of like a big scene towards the end of uh, 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger. And we can talk about that one more when we get to like yeah. the problematic oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cause there's a lot. Uh, also on the problematic note, bring it on. There's a cheerleader rivalry and like even the, you know, opposing teams uniforms are like the same colors, like the green with a little bit of gold as bring it on. I mean, that, that was the most uncomfortable scene, I think. Yeah, that was, that was uncomfortable. American Pie, great movie. You know, you see all these underclassmen trying to lose their virginity classic that that's a classic i think kind of plot um i think i feel like that whole plot line it's it is somewhat it's definitely dated in how it's portrayed but parts that dynamic i thought were endearing like seeing their you know the the friendship among all these boys um, are there any other movie parodies? I mean, oh, well, Molly Ringwald quotes Pretty in Pink at the end. Which well, is doesn't great. Jake quote it? And then she's like, that's that's Pretty in Pink. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake quotes Pretty in Pink. And then Molly Ringwald, who's just playing like a flight attendant as a cameo, she goes, oh, that's Pretty in Pink. Yeah. It's just that whole thing with Molly Ringwald is so like meta because yes. – 
Janie is literally watching like a Molly Ringwald movie. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know which one, but she's like Molly Ringwald appears in a movie that she's watching. And then Molly Ringwald, Ringwald is there at the end. It's really weird. She's in Riverdale, by the way. She is? I didn't know that. Yeah, she's like one of the parents. Um, it was very unexpected. Let's talk about the cast of this movie, though. <laughs> so our leading man... Jake is played by Chris Evans, who we were talking about this a bit before the show, Jackie, but he's kind of the only one that has that of like the main cast that went to be a like real breakout star. Yeah, like Chris this. Evans is like a mega star, yeah. right? Like he's yeah. so famous right now. He's also so hot. And I've just been thinking about that scene in Knives Out where he wears that sweater. You know. I'm thinking about the scene in this movie where he's has the whipped cream. I forget what movie that's yes. a reference to, yes. but that's like yes. that's another movie reference with the whipped cream on his like nipples. That that's a good yeah. scene. That was a good scene too. <laughs> um, Shyler Lee, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who played Janie, was on Grey's Anatomy for a few years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Jamie Presley, who played, uh, I think, Priscilla, like the uh, the ex-girlfriend, she was on My Name is Earl. She won a primetime Emmy. And then you have, you know, I, I, I looked through a couple of the other casts, and, the, you know, a lot of them have a couple of roles, but definitely Chris Evans is the only one that's gone on to be, like, a mega, mega A-list star. Mm-hmm. But you do have great cameos, so let's talk about some of these cameos. I mean, Molly Ringwald, as mentioned. Mr. T comes in as, like, the wise janitor that has been watching them play football. Like, I think the Mr. T thing is just, like, Mr. T was, like, very popular in the early 2000s. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that was just, like, like a good joke for then. But, like, I no, bet, like, but I feel lo- like that was a trope in movies where you would have, like, a, a wise janitor who would be like, hey, I've been paying attention to you kids. Yeah, but, like, I don't even know if, like, Gen Z kids know who Mr. T is. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, let's talk about some of these others. Kyle Cease, who was Bogey Lowenstein in 10 Things I Hate About You. He was the slow clap guy. Melissa Joan Hart was not credited, apparently, but she kind of... definitely inst- her. Yeah, it was her. I mean, uh, she was, like, instructing Mr. Slow Clapper. Lyman Ward was Mr. Weiler, and he had played Ferris Bueller's father in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then one of my absolute favorites is Paul Gleason as Richard Dick Vernon, who reprises his role as Dick Vernon from The Breakfast Club. He sends some of the kids to detention, and and the library they're in for detention is like ex- looks so much like the set from Breakfast Club. Um, and he comes in and does like the same whole shtick. It, it's that that I I really enjoy because I like Breakfast Club a lot. Uh, Sean Patrick Thomas was the other token black guy, and he appeared in Can't Hardly Wait, Cruel Intentions, and Save the Last Dance. Are there any that you can think of that I'm missing? Yeah, I just was like Googling it because I can't yeah. remember his name, but H. John Benjamin. He is in the movie. He's just like 
he has a very small part. He's like one of the coaches, but like mm-hmm. I was looking down when he started talking and I recognized the voice immediately oh my God. because he plays Bob Belcher and in, oh, um, okay. Bob's Burgers. And then like, obviously that voice is that he's in like a bunch of other things like Archer and whatever else. Um, but that like his voice just like, I was like, Oh my gosh, when I heard him. So, yeah, I did not recognize him, but I also have not watched Bob's Burgers. Yeah, he has a very distinct voice and, like, it just, like, jumps out at you. Yeah, for sure. And then the movie itself comes to a big climax at the prom, because of course it does. And good Charlotte is playing the prom band. Which, you know, for for a band that so often sung about not fitting in in high school, I thought was very funny. Although I kind of wonder if that was like intentional or if it was just like oh you know we just want to put good charlotte in the movie just because they're kind of at the right level of popularity right now yeah i i don't know because like i i feel like it wasn't that intentional they were just like we want to put a band that makes music somewhat like this in the movie and i don't know that's my guess yeah i mean i feel like you have to be like more of a, like a rock band to be playing at a prom. Like, yes, I, I don't know. Although I don't know. I, I did not go to my prom. So like, maybe I can't weigh in on what kind of bands play at prom. I don't think I, I think we had like a DJ. Not. Yeah. Like I think my high school had a DJ too, but I, I, this is a story I'm sure the listeners of this podcast will appreciate. I skipped my junior prom to take two trains out to Long Island to go meet Simple Plan. I had a camp friend that lived out there and they were doing a signing at a uh, Looney Tunes records in like Babylon. And so I took the train and saw my friend met Simple Plan. It was great. <laughs> and then I skipped my senior prom because it was like two days after graduation. And I was like, I don't want to talk to any of you ever again. That's relatable. Like my, so like junior prom, I got asked by a senior, so there's no junior prom at my high school. I got asked by a senior boy to go to the prom. So that's how I got as a junior got to go to the prom. But like, apparently he had asked other people and they all said no. And then I was just like, I was like just a junior. So I was like, any reason I can get to the senior prom, I want to go. So it was like literally like the week before. So like I didn't have a dress or anything. So I'm like at like JCPenney getting like whatever dress I can get. And then I just remember I had like a air quotes friend that was like the whole time we were dancing, he was off with that other girl. And I was just like, okay, well I was just happy to be here. Right. And then for like senior prom, I didn't go to like she was looking out for you. Yeah. I I think it was more catty, but that's Mm. fine. Um, And then I think my, so senior prom, like, so at my actual high school, I didn't go because one of like another girl in my group bought the same exact dress as me, like after. Oh no. So I was so mad I didn't go. And like, so then, so like I went to a magnet school. So like my like original high school where like all the like people, like I went to like elementary school, middle school went to, like I went to that senior prom and that was a lot more fun because like I had better friends at that school. Okay. Um, but I don't really remember it. So it must have not been that great. I I mean, I was in a sorority for a hot minute in college. So like I had sorority formals and I did get to go to a 
punk rock prom a little bit after college. Patent Pending had a punk rock prom and they, they, you know, they just played a show in Queens that they had decided was prom. And so we all went in our prom type dresses and that was really fun because I got to dress up um, and I got to see a band that I really like. Yeah. I think it's like more popular because I've seen ads for like, pop punk prom or whatever emo like prom, my, emo yeah. prom yeah but the the other thing the the thing i have a better memory about from prom is the after prom party so like in order to like all the parents throw it so that you don't go like get drunk after right, prom or yeah. whatever I yeah we had we had more. a lock a lock-in after graduation and it was required oh like like it was, you know, graduation was like middle of the day. And then it was like a little after dinner time, you were required to go to the lockdown. Like they really didn't want anyone messing around graduation night. Yeah. I mean, people wanted to go to after prom party because like to, so this is like a well-off neighborhood, right? So they, they gave away a car and after prom. So like this kid won a car. So like, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I think that kid is actually dead now. That's so dark. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> but like, um, I don't. It like was was it related to the car? No, no. I think oh, he, okay. I think he died in a fire or something. Oh no! But like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I laugh with like that's how I deal with trauma. Yeah. No, it's but it's like, it's common and it's healthy. But like, um, yeah. I, so after prom party, it's fun. Yeah. So. Good Charlotte is dressed like, you know, their 2001 selves in this movie, but they're playing some 80s songs. I think they're all 80s. You know, you know, classic, classic. Like everybody knows these songs. Prom songs, right. If you leave, they're playing that when everyone walks into the prom. And I tried to find it on YouTube. I couldn't find it on YouTube. So the version that's like on the soundtrack I had, because I had a whole bunch of Good Charlotte demos, and I definitely still have the CD, and I think I have, like, so my laptop does not have a built-in CD drive, but I I have somewhere a USB CD player, somewhere. And somewhere I have a CD that has a different version of If You Leave that's, like, slower, because the one on the soundtrack is kind of fast. Hmm. And there's definitely a slower version somewhere. Yeah, I was looking at the soundtrack and I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Just the all the different bands that are on there. So Good Charlotte also plays I Want Candy while people are dancing at the prom. And someone makes a joke about how, oh, I didn't know everyone at this high school was a professional dancer. I loved that they did I Want Candy because I remember Aaron Carter had covered it. Yeah. And like I that liked was around the, the same time. Yeah, and like I remember liking the song, but being like, "Oh, I can't like an Aaron Carter song now that I listen to Good Charlotte." <laughs> and and so finding finding that Good Charlotte I covered "I Want Candy" was cool. Rock Sound gave this a shout out. Also, TBT to that time, Good Charlotte covered "I Want Candy" and appeared in the movie. Hmm. And then this is one of my. This is such a great moment. Jake is announced as prom king. And Kara and Sarah Fratelli, who are conjoined twins attached as the head, which, to sidetrack a little bit, I feel like that is not something that would be done today. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, like, not saying it, there's prejudice about twins, but I, I feel like they would not just have two people who are obviously not conjoined twins make them conjoined twins. Yeah. And I don't like, think, hold on, let me look this up because I don't think they're conjoined twins. But, like, they were, like, the butt of a lot of jokes in the movie. So, like, they, like, there was a lot of, like, joking about them because I remember when, um, like, yeah, no, they're not actually conjoined twins. They they were at like the cafeteria table or whatever, and the one of the guys makes a joke about like, oh, are you gonna ask four eyes, meaning Janie, right? But, but Karen and Sarah are walking by, and they're like, that's rude. Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't. I mean, also people don't like four eyes jokes are not really a thing anymore. Yeah, because like uh, everybody everybody wears glasses now. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> So, yeah, so Jake is announced as prom king. Kara and Sarah are announced as prom queens in a tie. And then when that happens, Joel is kind of looking at the guy's booty a little bit. He has the funniest expression on his face, like, in the background there. Mm -hmm. And then Jake, this was such a great moment. Jake and Kara and Sarah have to dance, and it's a really awkward dance. And Good Charlotte plays Put Your Head on My Shoulder. The U- I feel YouTube link that I included, I think, lists it as put your hands on my shoulder, but it's definitely heads. It's 100% heads. It's heads be- it, because there's a girl with two heads trying to lay her – or two girls trying to lay the two heads on Jake's shoulder. It's very funny. I mean, definitely, I feel like that is not a thing that would be done today. No. Um. Yeah, I don't know where Footloose comes in. And I, I'm i like, I tried to, I searched a little. I tried to find information. I, I don't know where Footloose comes in. Um, but I will say that the Good Charlotte cover of Footloose is fucking great. And you all should listen to it. And it's so much fun. I don't think I've ever listened to that before. It's great. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's great. Um, I think there's a link in the uh, Google Doc with our notes. It's great. So, did you know like all these songs before watching the movie, Jackie? Yeah, like I've like I've heard all of them. They're all like wedding like dance songs that like. See, I knew I knew some. I knew I want candy, but I didn't know if you leave. So, to me, in my head, the can canonical version of "If You Leave" is a good Charlotte. Mm. Um, there was a great article that I just have to mention for something uh, that is said in this article Maria Sherman wrote this great article for BuzzFeed on band cameos in movies and Maria Sherman is a name that probably a lot of people listening to this will recognize because she has written a lot about Good Charlotte she's a fantastic writer uh, <laughs> I just have to read this little clip She says, few things encapsulate the early 2000s high school experience the way pop punk does. Few bands as delightfully bratty as Good Charlotte. The entire world knows this, which is why the band sheds their bad boy image for the 2001 film Not Another Teen Movie, acting as the prom band for the film's penultimate scene. In true prom fashion, Good C, which I've never heard them called Good C before. That was so great. Good C cover, I Want Candy, and Paul Anka's Put Your Head on My Shoulder, which is about as good as Anka's cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Sigh. 
I think that was a dig, and I like there. Put your head on my shoulder. If you're looking for a lifestyle to the rich and famous, you'll have to look elsewhere. So, this is a good time, I think, to talk about how on earth did good Charlotte end up in this movie. So, Maria's article says that the band sheds their bad boy image for the film, but at the round, uh, you know, around the time of this film, when they were pushing their first record, from what I understand, anyway, their label was really trying to push them as like clean cut and pop and approachable. I mean, around this time, like it, like not, and so oh. the young and the hopeless was like a, a rebellious, like slightly rebellious thing for them because I think it wasn't what their label wanted. I don't know. I think it was just like pop punk was like popular around this time. Like you can look at like Simple Plan. Like why is Simple Plan like writing the cover song for Scooby-Doo? Like why did that happen? I don't know. But like I think it was just popular at the time and it was popular with the kids. Because if you look at like the like pop punk like arc, like this is like drive through records era, right? So like this is right when everything was like super popular with like college age kids. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely popular. Um just with the same demographic that liked the movie. Exactly. Yeah. There was there was a great piece from Vice that just talked about like why were all these pop punk bands in teen movies around the same time? And <laughs> it's just very funny. And Vice can sometimes be pretty snarky, but sometimes they just say things really really well and i this is just so well written they say nothing really ties pop punk to teen film soundtracks other than the fact that they were both popular at the same time and started out with absolutely not a shred of respectability in the first place they were and still are both looked down on in most critical circles and have no need to even put up a up a facade of being in high taste so yeah nothing nothing ties them together I guess this is just saying they're both trash, so. Yeah, they. this article also mentions the Footloose cover, but I don't, like, I watched the movie. I paid great attention to the movie, and, like, I love that Footloose cover. Like, I, I don't know. This is, like, an unanswered question still. Yeah, I think I want to go back and, like, watch it to just listen for that Footloose cover, because, like, I went and rewatched the prom scene right before we got on. Like, I'm tr- I'm trying to think maybe, like, you know, when, like, Jake and uh, is, like, talking to the, the, the like, best friend and they're, like, on the stairs or whatever. Maybe it's playing in the background there. Oh. I just don't remember it. I have to go back. Maybe. Yeah. I think I still have my rental for a little bit. Um. There was also a, a fun Loudwire article where Newfound Glory was ranking movie covers because you know they had their Screen to the Stereo series, which are which are really fun albums. Uh, and they they shouted out "If You Leave" and said, "I'm sure in 2001 every high school kid dreamed of having Good Charlotte play their prom. You know, if Good Charlotte had played my prom, I would have gone to my prom." I don't know. I feel like. <sighs> I don't know. Sorry, this is like nonsense. This whole show is nonsense. It's okay. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's it's interesting because 
you and I both dealt with people, you know, saying Good Charlotte was a poser band and such. But they were also really popular, but it wasn't cool to like them. So, like, would kids have really wanted Good Charlotte to play at their prom? No, because a lot of people were kind of shy to admit they liked them because they knew it wasn't cool to like them. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, but maybe early on, like, I don't know, if like 2001. Yeah, 2001 maybe, yeah. Because, like, I know by, like, 2005, like, people were oh, not yeah, into no. Good Charlotte anymore. No, and it's, I don't know. I mean, they're, that's their whole arc is, like, Chronicles was a huge album as Good Martin Revival, but they were not cool anymore. Yeah. Let's talk about, though, let's talk about some other stuff on the soundtrack to this movie, which is great. I listened to the whole soundtrack today. It's awesome. It's a lot of punk and alternative and metal artists covering, you know, 80s, 90s stuff, like classics. Plus there's this original track, Prom Tonight, where they go into like a whole song and dance number. That's very funny. The one song I was like, or band that I was surprised about was Muse. Cause like to me, yeah. like Muse didn't get popular until like 2007. Cause that's like, that's when they opened for my, around, like, I forever. know, but like I saw them open for my chemical romance in 2007. So then like, that's when I was like aware of them. So like to think they existed in 2001 is just like weird to me. And I guess maybe I'm hurting all the Muse fans out there by saying that. <laughs> Probably. But, like, but like, I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. I So they do a Smiths cover. Please, please, please let me get what I want. I, I, I enjoyed it. But I think my favorite two songs on the soundtrack, besides Good Charlotte, um, I mean, Marilyn Manson's Tainted Love cover was great. But I love Stabbing Westward's cover of Bizarre Love Triangle. Such a great song. And then Mist covers... I Melt With You, originally by Modern English. Um, the soundtrack to this movie came out on Maverick Records, and I'm pretty sure Ma- I'm pretty sure Mest was on Maverick at this time. But they, you know, they've got a, a great variety of artists that weren't necessarily on Maverick. Yeah, because like, wasn't Phantom Planet on like Fueled by Ramen at one point? Um, I think so. But it's a it's a good soundtrack. I mean, it's it's fun. Yeah. Um, Scott Weiland's did But Not Tonight by Depeche Mode. Oh, um, Goldfinger does 99 Red Balloons. That yeah. was good. That, that was, was good. good. I liked that one. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Oh, and Phantom Planet, they did Somebody's Baby, which was, that is a really fun cover. Yeah, over, I think overall it's a, it's like a listenable soundtrack. Like you can yeah. go back to it. Like sometimes movie soundtracks are like, you don't go back, but this is like yeah. something you could put on in the car and drive around to. Definitely. You could, I, I would, I would play it again. You know, I would, I would jam it even outside of, you know, just getting ready for this episode. It's fun. It, there, but there is a lot of music, like, you know, all the good Charlotte cuts we mentioned that weren't even in the film, but I guess someone somewhere had the originals and leaked them many years ago. I don't know. There was a, Billboard article because I'm still wondering like how did Good Charlotte end up as the prom band? You know, I was wondering like, is there like a story? There was a Billboard article uh about the soundtrack from like when the movie was about to come out. Uh 
Maverick's executive, Maverick's CEO, Guy O'Siri, said that the focus was to create a soundtrack that had a timeless appeal, comprised of some of the best songs of the 80s, performed by some of the most cutting-edge musicians of today. But there was nothing in that article about, like, how good Charlotte ended up as a brown band. Maybe it was just, like, right place, right time. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm sure that's what it came down like, to. Who knows? Like, Good Charlotte could have been just, like, well, I guess they couldn't have just been, like, filming a video and they were asked to, like, do do this because they were around. Like, I guess they would have to practice these songs. Right. I mean, but, like, you know, Taking Back Sunday with Undergrassy in 2006 or seven, And I think it was early 2007. So probably filmed in 2006. And, like, that happened because Taking Back Sunday wanted to be on Degrassi. So, like, their managers, like, hit up the Degrassi people and were like, hey, can we get Taking Back Sunday written into an episode of Degrassi? I mean, that could have been the case here, too. Like, I don't know how, like, how the albums lined up with this or, like, what music releases kind of lined up with this movie coming out. And, like... Movie was 2001. Good Charlotte's album was, like, fall of 2000, the first album. So maybe they were, like, trying to sell a tour or something like that. Or maybe it was just, you know, the general right place, right time. They're kind of a notable but not like total household name yet and you know that kids would be into it um but they were a band that they could still get for the movie hello editing molly coming in here and i'm happy to say that we have found the answer to how good charlotte ended up as the prom band in not another teen movie a few days after jackie and i recorded this episode There was an AMA, or Ask Me Anything, on Reddit with Mike Bender, the screenwriter of the movie. Jackie asked Mike how Good Charlotte became the prom band, and we were both thrilled to hear that Mike responded. Mike said that Joel Gallen, the director, is brilliant with music, and he saw them as a band on the rise. He also produced the VMAs. So there you go. That is how Good Charlotte ended up as the prom band in Not Another Teen Movie. So, Jackie, I was having fun thinking about this, but if this movie were to be made today, which, you know, movies like this are generally not made today, but movie, teen movies still happen today, proms in teen movies with prom bands still happen today, who would play the prom band in the, the 2020 Not Another Teen movie? So, like, I see that you put the band Camino or Wallows, which, like, okay, they're, like, new, and they're, like, you have, like, they're edgy, and they're they're putting out music now. The band Camino is, they're they're both newer, but, like, the band Camino was touring with Dan and Shay, had a tour with Five Seconds of Summer, Wallows sold out their entire North American tour last year, so they're not, like, unheard of, but they're both... They're both, like, newer. So, like, hear me out here. I okay. think Mayday Parade would be a great... They're, they're too old, though. It's, it's too they, late, though. I think they would have been such a good... And they do covers now, so, like, I feel like they would have made, like, I such feel, a great one. Yeah, but I feel like Mayday Parade in, like, 2000... 
10, 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. Too late. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, maybe all time low, but like, if we're talking about bands that are somewhat clean cut, definitely not all time low. Cause especially a couple of, you know, when they were starting out and really breaking through all time low, were very crude, a lot of crude yeah. humor, all of Blink-182. So I, I don't like, I don't know. But I think about that though. Like I, I would love to see the band Camino in. Okay, but like the other thing is, would it even be rock? Because like right now, I feel like R, like like rap, R and B, that kind of genre yeah. is way more popular. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will be. Then okay, what what rappers or R and B artists would play at prom? Like I'm not like that into that scene, so like I don't. Yeah, I don't would yeah. be like sort of like new, clean cut, edgy for that whole thing. Like you're not like, gonna have a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, but Ephraim. like, cause like, and like you're not gonna have like Machine Gun Kelly because he's not like clean cut enough. Right. You know what I mean. Right. You're not gonna have Youngblood at prom. No. Although if Youngblood wants to play my wedding, um, you he know, he has a really good voice. I think yeah. he's really talented. Oh, I think he would be like super fun for like a prom or or a wedding or something. Yeah. Um, not that I have a wedding planned, listener. <laughs> like I've talked on this show that I am single, and that's still true. Uh, there is no wedding planned. I'm just saying, if Young Blood wants to play my hypothetical wedding in the probably distant future, you know, let's make it happen. Let's talk, Jackie about how this movie has held up over time. I mean, a, a yes. lot of problematic stuff, but even before we get into like specifically problematic stuff, it, the the type of the movie, like the spoof movie, I think is not really a thing anymore. And it's it's like it's not even self-aware so much as it's telling you what it is like Janie reads books with titles like how to make a rebellious statement by ignoring boys which is funny but I just think all this like spoof comedy has moved to the internet because yeah, it's, it's like, like YouTube commentary TikToks like the, even the internet moves so fast to make commentary on like what's popular right now like mm-hmm. you don't have time to like pro- write produce film edit this whole movie to comment on popular culture like now is like right. you'll you'll get a tiktok or you'll get you'll get like a saturday night live or something like that yeah. making a commentary on any of these things that are happening yeah i i don't know i mean some of the youtubers i watch like uh danny gonzalez and drew good and they'll do like movie commentary and it'll a lot of times be like very random movies um and it's so stuff like that and like man the tiktoks tiktoks about like movies and tv shows are funny there's been some there was a one that was like here are the Degrassi characters that I would fight. And it's just like, I hate this. I hate this person. Hate this one too. (laughs) Yeah. Like I've been, I've been really into like the TikToks that are like, if I was in like this movie, this is how I would dress. Yes. And like, yes. Yeah. Someone was posting in the Degrassi subreddit of like 
this is how I would dress if I went to Degrassi. And I was like, that's fun. But like, honestly, this, the whole TikTok thing might get like dated so fast because I heard they're supposed to like ban it because it's like some Chinese thing. We'll see. I would be very sad, but like, thank God I've saved, like downloaded a lot of TikToks. I have like a running list in my phone of links um, of TikToks that I really like. So that way I can, you know, I, I don't know why I do that. Cause you can like save stuff and bookmark in the app or whatever. Um, and then I've like downloaded one, you know, you can't download. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that are pretty problematic in this movie. Do you want to start with the big one? Yeah. You want to start with that? Yeah. So, okay. So what happens in the movie is you have like these two groups of cheerleaders. You have this white group of cheerleaders and this black group of cheerleaders and they're from rival schools. So what happens in is like the white cheerleaders, they perform first and they clearly have stolen the entire routine from the black cheerleaders. What does a plot from bring it on? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the, the biggest problem with it, like, is like it would have been fine until they literally say the n-word with a hard r yeah and you're just like oh no like this would not fly in 2020 not at all like it shouldn't have been okay then either like i don't think like i'm pretty sure it was already established you don't say that word so i don't know how that got made I don't know. I I feel like it was not really okay to use that. I feel like it definitely wasn't okay to use that word back then, uh, nor was it like accepted to use it. Um, And especially because there's the whole like token black kid thing. Yeah. There's like this movie is made for white people clearly because they don't take. Which like the token black kid said, like says I'm the token black kid, which, uh, you know, yeah, and there's a whole scene where, like, there's the secondary, like, token black kid, yeah. and the first one asks the second one to leave because there can only be one, which yeah, is... and it's, like, commentary, but it's, it's just... There shouldn't be, like, a token black kid. Um, and, and Degrassi, by the way, was pretty bad about this for a long time, just having, like, a, a black character that was just, like, always some sidekick. They had a few of those. Uh... Like, they're, like, commenting that it exists here, that this, like, token black kid stereotype exists, but they're not making, like, a a judgment on it. Like, they're not declaring, oh, yeah, token black kid, that's harmful. Which, like, yeah, it's a teen movie, but, like, I don't know. I feel like when you parody something, I I don't know, maybe I'm expecting too much. But then there's just, like a whole bunch of like racial issues in this because there's also this white kid who starts acting asian and he's clearly not asian yeah it's cringy and it's 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 like where is that coming from i mean but that's that's a thing that i think happens that kids would kind of do that like they would kind of try to pretend to be Asian. Like, a lot of the nerdy kids that were into video games and such, I don't know. But it's it's problematic. 
Yeah. It so at the same party where the the two token black guys meet, there's also a scene where this this white guy who's acting Asian meets up with two Asian guys and the yeah. Asian guys like kick him in the face. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's even like any better because it was like a karate kick, which is like Right. So it's like are we just stereotyping that Asians do karate? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I don't know. I I don't, in theory, I'm like, hmm, they could parody, like, all the Noah Centineo movies and all the Cole Sprouse movies, you know, today, but I don't know, like, I don't know, to do a parody and to do it well, I feel like, like, there has to be self-awareness I, I don't know. I kind of appreciate when parodies will, like, actually sort of call stuff out, you know. Um, and I don't even have a good example of it. But this is, it doesn't make any judgment of, like, mm, like, white kids pretending to be Asian is racist. It's just, like, white kids pretending to be Asian is bad because an Asian person will karate kick you in the face. Yeah, it, I, I think all of the racial commentary in here is bad it's not funny yeah has not aged well like would never be made now oh absolutely not something else is the sort of makeover plot of this movie um there aren't as many like makeover movies today where this like dorky girl gets made over to be a you know gorgeous girl and she's popular all of a sudden there was that show or there is that show with debbie ryan insatiable which i watched like an episode of and it's awful um but that wasn't like have you watched that no i haven't i know who debbie ryan is don't watch it it's it will piss you off debbie ryan at the beginning is fat and then she she like breaks her jaw and her jaw has to be wired shut so she can't eat so she loses a bunch of weight and is suddenly skinny like oh, after, you know, comes that. back from summer yeah exactly so like that that is <laughs> terrible and then like the whole plot of it is that she's like trying to get revenge or something and it's just like oh now that she's skinny she can like have confidence to get revenge i don't know it's so problematic like <sighs> So, like, there was that, but a lot of people called that out for being problematic, right? Yeah. And, like, you have, I mean, you have a show on the reality side, a show like Queer Eye, that's about people wanting to make themselves over. But I think that's much more well-intentioned, you know, than a, oh, I'm going to do this for my own gain because I made a bet. Just to be pretty unpopular. Like, I feel like, I feel like Queer Eye is more like, makeover of your like your your self image yeah you're it's like more of like internal than external like obviously you still have external makeover part but i i feel like it's really more about changing as a person where like this makeover is just to be pretty popular and get the boy yeah and there were i mean i used to watch shows like what not to wear and all the stuff on the style channel and I don't know. I would watch it because, like, I liked fashion and I liked looking at people picking out clothes. But 
they would be kind of upsetting because it would be like you would have someone who would come in with like a really individualist style and maybe they like wore clothes that didn't fit them well but like instead of just buying them stuff that like fit them well but was the style they liked they would buy them stuff that was just you know whatever was like in and acceptable at that moment yeah and and it didn't really i don't think it really took into account like what they liked really no um there was i'm thinking back there was a really great one of my one of the a really great plot in degrassi next class in the fourth season of it so this is summer 2013 2000 summer 2017 Lola is this like very, very feminine character who kind of starts as sort of a bimbo, but she grows to become very socially aware and very a little bit outspoken. And Lola and Yael, who is like nerdy and not into makeup and stuff at all, have a really nice friendship. And they're, they're like very different, but they become very close with each other. And in the fourth season, Yael, sorry, I'm spoiling Degrassi guys, but this has been out for three years. So like, if you were going to watch it by now, you would have watched it. Uh, Yael comes out as uh, non-binary and Lola helps them make themselves over to fit that new gender identity. And, like, that is a makeover in a teen show that I thought was so great because it's about helping someone be the kind of person they already feel on the, out- on the inside, helping them become that on the outside, too. Yeah, it's not about, like, so, like, this is about, like, changing their entire personality while that yeah. is, like, trying to change how they present themselves to match how they actually feel. Because, like, I feel like Janie's, like, inner person doesn't really match with this, like, beautiful, outgoing, whatever No, not at all. Not at all. And, like, you know, plays off a stereotype that a lot of these quote-unquote makeovers would be. You have a girl in glasses and a ponytail, and, like, you take down the ponytail, take off her glasses, and maybe put some anti-frizz serum in her hair. Not Jane, Janie's hair was like straight and shiny, but like, you know, princess diaries, they, they brush her hair. Uh, like not even like very like simple things like that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm very glad that that's not a trope anymore because that was something that was pretty upsetting it was always like kind of upsetting for me to watch because I always felt like oh well like you know if I just make myself over then like maybe I would like finally fit in you know and I think that can like really damage people's self-esteem like seeing that that makeover trope so I am very glad that that's largely gone away I think it just puts too much like worth on your how how you look on the outside yes. when it really should count on like how you act as a person. Right. I, I think instead of makeover tropes on teen shows, we need like a therapy trope. Oh, that would be shows. great. Yeah. Um so oh man, I have so many mixed feelings about this overall. Cause like, yeah, the movie's funny. It's, like, very dated and very problematic, but there's stuff where I'm, like, okay, they poke fun at at the ridiculousness of a lot of these movies, and that's very funny. How, how for you, because you hadn't, you just watched it recently for the first time, right? 
Yeah, because like I love these types of movies. I just right. hadn't like seen this one. So I I watched this. I I probably would have been in high school. Um, so I watched it the first time in high school, and it had already been out for a while. But I was like, oh, good trailer from this movie. Let me you know watch it. It has not held up for me. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would go out of my way to watch it again. And I, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, except for the fact that I did want to cover on the podcast because I think it's like clearly very relevant. Um, the music is great. And I love when a movie or a TV show has a good soundtrack. 13 Reasons Why has always had an awesome soundtrack. And this movie has a great soundtrack and, and the fact that it's all these covers and, and new versions of songs. I mean, that's, that is so much fun. I like spoof movies. I can vibe with a good spoof movie, but I, I don't, man, it's like the, the plot with Jake's sister is just weird. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's better in cruel intentions. Like when yeah. it's like step siblings. Like, which it makes is a so more weird. Sense. Like, but yeah, I, I don't know. The, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, good Charlotte fans, like, if you haven't seen this, I think you should watch it. It's fun. But go into it knowing that it's very dated and, like, be aware of the very problematic stuff that's in it. I. I you know, if you go into it being like, okay, I like some of these bands that are on the soundtrack. I like Good Charlotte. And I've seen a lot of these movies they are parodying. I think you you might find it entertaining, but like, be very aware of all the problematic stuff that we've pointed out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would have never watched this movie if molly if you didn't tell me good charlotte was in it and that yeah. you wanted to do a podcast on it like it probably yeah. would have been forgotten in the past and like mm-hmm, everyone totally. like like i i don't yeah i don't think anybody would go out of their way to watch this now no no and uh, you know maybe people will go watch it uh you know a- after hearing this podcast or because they see him doing the podcast um you know i i hope that you don't Lena listeners, you know, please don't take me, you know, doing this podcast as like, hey, I'm endorsing, you know, all this this problematic humor in this movie. I'm I'm not, you know. Um, but it, it's relevant and I, I think it's fun to mix up the the format of the show a little bit from, you know, how we do things, especially in these these bonus episodes. Jackie, so would you go and rewatch this movie? I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah, but, I don't I, I don't mean, think I will either. There's so many movies I haven't seen. Like, I need to spend more time watching movies I haven't seen. Like, so I've watched this movie twice now. Right. And I don't right. need to watch it again. Yeah. No, I, I, this is not something I have any need to go back and rewatch. Oh, oh, oh my God. When we were talking about favorite teen movies, how did I not mention Booksmart? Oh my God. I know. That's such a, that is. Oh, oh it's God. great. It's wonderful. I've seen it like three times, twice in theaters, and then once on Netflix, I think. It's so good. Oh my God, guys. If you haven't watched Booksmart, go watch Booksmart right now. It's so, 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 so good. Yeah. I can get behind endorsing Booksmart because I, it, yeah. it's, I think 
I think it's just a, a just better movie. You know, it's just a yeah. better movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very different style of movie, but it, but it has like the same like undertones. Right. Right. It's like a teen movie. Yeah. If you're looking for a teen movie about some outcasts, Booksmart is so wonderful. I can't speak highly of it enough. Oh my God. Go watch Booksmart. Maybe I'll watch it again this weekend because I would totally watch it again. (laughs) Jackie, uh, do you have any other commentary on another teen movie? Anything that we've missed? I don't, I think we've covered a lot of, you know, what we liked about it, the, like the actors in it, um, and talking about the bad side of it. Um, I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, as we wrap up, one thing I like to ask people is what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? So seventh grade, I was a passionate fangirl. And then eighth grade came around and then, you know, good Charlotte's bopped around in my head a little bit. You know, I'll listen to the anthem in the car. I think it's on my like repeat playlist right now on Spotify. So like I listen to like the classics, but you know, after, after like uh, Chronicles of Life and Death, I was kind of like done. Yeah, that's fair. And have you seen them live ever? I don't think so. You should. They they put on a really really fun live show. Um. So when when it's safe, oh, when it's when Good Charlotte tours again, there's gonna be. I, I think my apartment's gonna turn into like the GC party HQ because I I've. Uh, and Jackie, you're obviously included in this, but when Good Charlotte plays New Jersey, whenever that happens, oh man. Well, whenever they play Philly, you're always welcome to stay at my Yes. House. Oh yes. I'm excited. Um, so Jackie, do you have any last words about Not Another Teen Movie, about Good Charlotte, or about yourself? Um, no. Um, I hope you guys like this episode, though. I Yes. You know, it's a little scary to be on a podcast for the first time sure yeah it's okay it's a little scary for me every time I record I I definitely had a little bit of anxiety as we've been recording today and I'm the one in charge here it's fine um Jackie thank you so much for coming on I forgot to put this in our notes but I've been doing a generation GC and friends Spotify playlist where I'm including you know the songs we cover on the show so I'll put if you leave for this and a recommendation from our guests so can you leave everyone with one song recommendation? It can be anything. Just, you know, not Good Charlotte. Because that's, like, what we talked about. Not Good Charlotte and not on this soundtrack. I'm going to recommend Weird by Youngblood. That was my guess. Wow. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you couldn't think of anything, I would be like, oh, you're going to say Weird by Youngblood. Um, yeah. That, like, it, that's his new song. So, like, that's why I'm so sad that I'm not – I didn't get to see him in May. I love the new song. It's so good. Oh, and, I mean, his newer song, I think, is going to be out by the time this comes out. Okay. He's re- releasing something in July. And it's July right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and it'll be, like, August once this goes up. Yeah. Jackie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you and keep up with you on the internet? 
So my internet alias is leaf leg girl, all one word, pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm like private on a lot of things, but like I just add everyone. So like cool. if you want to follow me, um, you can. <laughs> Not saying it's great content, but like you can if you want. Um, I do post about emo things. Not you do. Uh, yeah, but um, if you like that. If you like video games too, I also like stream on Twitch sometimes. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that's it. Sweet. Jackie, thank you for coming on. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm having a lot of fun with these bonus episodes. A few days ago, on our last regular episode, we talked about Like It's Your Birthday from Cardiology. This is a bonus episode, you know, where we're breaking things up with something about Good Charlotte that's not a studio album track. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Youth Authority. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please make sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes. Rate it. Leave a review. Follow it on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please make sure you're telling your friends that love Good Charlotte about this podcast. Even if your friends don't like Good Charlotte, I don't know. Tell them about the podcast anyway. Maybe you can convert them. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can keep up with the show at Generation GC Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M H U D E L S O N, on Twitter and Instagram. That's all for today. And we'll be back in just a few days with our next episode from On a Song from Youth Authority. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>